Welcome to a new episode of The Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and every week I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Now, each of us has abandoned a project at some point. From a forgotten exercise plan, to a half-built skateboard half-pipe in the backyard, to the Sagrada Familia Basilica in Barcelona, which has technically been under construction since 1882. But why does this happen? What gets between the light bulb of the bright idea and the finish line of completion? Well, it turns out there are lots of reasons, which, lucky for us, means there are lots of solutions. So this week, by request from listener Sony from Sydney, Australia, we'll look at why we abandon projects and how to salvage them. So first, let's get organized. There are two big buckets of reasons for abandoning projects. The first bucket is filled with problems with motivation. You don't really want to do the project, you don't see the point, or it's boring or aversive. The second bucket is filled with problems of follow-through. And these problems are markedly different from the problems of motivation. With follow-through problems, you can't make time, can't get organized, or feel overwhelmed. So let's hit the highlights of both. And we will start with solutions to problems from the first bucket, motivation. So tip number one is dig deep to find the why. It's essential to give a flying fig about what you're doing. Projects often get abandoned because the dust kicked up by any new project, changing your habits, doing unglamorous work, putting in the long hours, can cloud the loftier big picture of potential benefits. So find a compelling answer to the question, why am I doing this? Why are you taking this pointless algebra class? Because getting your GED would open up better jobs and make you a great role model for your kids. Why are you going through the pain of giving up coffee? Because you want to break the tired wired cycle and feel more in control. Why are you slogging away on this paperwork? Because getting a loan would enable your small business to really take off. Tip number two is rethink accountability. A classic tip to get motivated for a project is tell someone or share your goal on social media or send it out to the universe. Holding yourself accountable works wonders for some people, but not for everyone. In fact, for many, it backfires. For a lot of us, feeling accountable is akin to feeling hemmed in, controlled, or deprived. As soon as you know others expect a certain result from you, you rebel and lose all motivation. Counterintuitively, the appeal of not doing your project grows exponentially as soon as you make things public. Now, the perfectionists among us also get hamstrung by telling others because you might get caught floundering, messing up, or doing a less than stellar job. You'd much rather work on something in private until it meets your standards and then reveal it to the world. Telling the world before you're ready deflates your motivation faster than a holy air mattress. Now, if either of these mindsets rings true for you, it's okay to keep your project to yourself. If playing things close to the vest gets you the jackpot, it's totally justifiable. Tip number three is remember there are stages. A new project can be like a love affair. At first, we're smitten. It's all we can think about. We get a little thrill just thinking and planning and picturing our project. But then something shifts. Just like every relationship has a first fight, every project has that first onerous task. 
And while it might be fun to picture yourself looking cute in your new workout clothes, the moment will come when it's 20 degrees and dark outside and it's time to go to the gym. It's fun to think about starting a food blog, but at some point you'll realize it's really, really hard to take a photo of a charcuterie board that doesn't look disgusting. This is the point at which we abandon things, when it stops being the stuff of fantasy and starts being the stuff of reality. But just like the solution to every relationship problem isn't start a different relationship, the solution to hitting the nitty-gritty of a project doesn't have to be find a new project. Which brings us to execution. Okay, so now let's tackle the second bucket of reasons for abandoning projects, the problems of follow-through. I will skip the classics, like breaking down projects into bite-sized steps, although that can work wonders, it's a classic for a reason. But here are some more of my favorites. Tip number four is pare it down to the specifics. Starting a big, vague project like learn photography, cook more at home, or learn Italian quickly gets overwhelming. It's hard to know where to start, what the next step is, or when you've achieved your goal. So therefore, take some time to specify, specify, specify. Paring a project down to its most essential specifics makes it high speed, low drag, and much easier to execute. So instead of eat healthy, simplify and specify until you reach no more soda. Rather than taking on the project of being bikini ready by summer, which when you think about it can be triumphantly achieved regardless of your body type, simply by purchasing a bikini, simplify and specify until your new project is run a mile without stopping. Just like the truth, specifics will set you free. Tip number five is build in the expectation of do-overs. Expect to start again from the get-go. Part of launching any big project is learning how to do it. After all, you've never built a rabbit hutch, opened a cafe, or learned Photoshop before, so it makes sense that there will be some hiccups along the way. And this tip is most applicable when trying to start a project that involves daily habit change, like exercise, diet, or learning a skill that takes sustained practice. Part of learning how to train for a 10K, go paleo, or play classical guitar is figuring out how it will fit into your life. And that takes some experimentation. So build in the expectation of starting over, not just once, but a number of times. Rather than labeling a dead end as a failure, it'll become just another signpost along the way to success. A final note. Interestingly, a tendency to start and abandon projects is a common symptom of ADHD. Why? Well, ADHD isn't really a deficit of attention, as the name implies. Instead, it's a deficit of execution. Individuals with ADHD do really well at focusing on things that interest them and often get hyper-focused on projects that strike their fancy, from trading stocks to making homemade kombucha to learning ukulele to playing Minecraft. But when the project gets tedious or another new interest comes along, the previous obsession is abandoned faster than two-day-old sushi. What's more, in ADHD, uninteresting projects are pretty much doomed from the start. Doing taxes, finally sorting all the mail that's built up on the dining room table, folding the laundry. Unfortunately, the mundane, everyday stuff is both toxic to the ADHD brain and essential to making life run smoothly. 
So raise your hand if you've ever had to rewash the laundry because you forgot it was in the machine for a few days, or have ever found your phone in the freezer. A great solution is to do your best to make tasks interesting and immediately rewarding by gamifying them. This way, you harness the strengths of the tendency to hyperfocus in ADHD to balance out the challenges. For instance, eat an M&M for every five papers you file. See if you can fold your half of the laundry faster than your partner. Play Ohio, only handle it once with your mail. The first time you touch it should be the only time. Immediately toss it, pay it, read it, or file it. Luckily, ADHD or not, if your projects often linger longer than a Christmas fruitcake, give the five tips a shot, plus use the classics of breaking down big tasks into small steps, or try gamifying your project, and your projects will go so fast, they might get a speeding ticket. Thank you so much for making The Savvy Psychologist a part of your life. Get every episode delivered straight to your inbox when you sign up for the newsletter at quickanddirtytips.com slash newsletters. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. And you can follow the show on Twitter at QDT Savvy Psych, or follow me at Ellen Hendrickson, or check out ellenhendrickson.com for free resources to beat social anxiety. And finally, check out Facebook, where you can find a link to an article I was proud to write for New York Magazine this week about learning to empathize without burning out. As always, The Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Have a wonderful week, and I will see you here next Friday for a happier, healthier mind.